Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance, the one, the only, C. Webb, Chris Weber. Among our guests today, as always, they appear on the Goodyear Hotline. Welcome to the month of June. We got playoffs. We got trades. We got a huge baseball series. We're going to run through them all with takes on all the colossal stories staring us in the face. Let's get this thing going. Here we go! Only one place to start. All right, actually, today, only one place to start is an inaccurate way of phrasing how we are. We got a million different places we could start. I got football, I got basketball, and I got baseball all in the hopper. And I decided, rather than choosing... I will give you all three. Mm. We are going to here as we open up the show today with the hashtag crew standing by. We're going to run through the big stories in all three sports. And we begin with the NFL. We are 100 days from the kickoff of the NFL season and the Super Bowl might very well be decided this week. Maybe even as soon as tonight. Julio Jones is going to get traded probably tomorrow. It could be as soon as tonight. It won't be any later than this week. Let's make clear why that is. Today, as of 4 o'clock Eastern time, it becomes June 2nd as far as the NFL is concerned. And at that point, the moves that teams make has an enormous impact on the salary cap. I won't explain to you exactly what all the mechanisms are, but one way or another, it means that's when Atlanta can trade Julio Jones for the maximum efficiency as far as their salary cap is concerned. And they have to. They start their, their training camp stuff. They have, like, these mandatory workouts next week. They haven't signed their rookies yet because they can't afford to. If they don't trade Kyle, uh, uh, Julio Jones, they won't have Kyle Pitts on the field for their first workout next week because they don't have any money to sign him. So Julio Jones is getting traded. Where does he go? The teams that we're hearing include the Rams, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Seahawks, The 49ers, any of those teams becomes a significant contender with Julio. In fact, I would argue that if he winds up with the Rams, they might actually challenge Tampa as the favorite in the NFC. You know I love the Rams. I've already told you I love that defense. I'd like to see them make that playoff run last year with a healthy Aaron Donald. He was a shell of himself in that playoff game against Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I'd like to see that game again. And I would certainly like to see it if Matthew Stafford is their quarterback. The Rams are really good. They add Julio. They're going to be a a legit Super Bowl contender. San Francisco, really good. They add Julio Jones. They're a legit Super Bowl contender. Baltimore, really good. They add Julio Jones. They become a whole other level of offense. He adds a dynamic to their team and perhaps to the development of their young star quarterback in Lamar Jackson that they've never had before. This is happening today. Tomorrow, literally that soon. So an enormous little moment in the NFL. Everyone's paying attention to what's happening with Aaron in Green Bay. And for all the right reasons, it's a very big deal. But the truth is, before anything happens with that, this is going to happen. It is not overstating it to say the Super Bowl could be decided this week. The NBA is next, and I'll make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Nuno gave me the take. You know Nuno our very pessimistic, angry, and entertaining producer, as he was typing up his notes to me, he wrote the following about the Lakers. We talk about what happens to the Clippers if they don't get out of the first round, but if the Lakers lose to the Suns, they have to make big changes 
including adding another star with LeBron getting old and AD always hurt. (laughs) That is the way Nuno suggested to me we might want to talk about the Lakers today. So, Mr. Nuno, I will come to you directly as the leader of this hashtag crew. Are the Lakers, without Anthony Davis, LeBron James tonight, are they going to win in Phoenix Game 5? No. You think they lose tonight? I just feel like it's too much for LeBron in this stage of his career to overcome. Okay, well, that then brings me to the more interesting question. How much pressure is on him? How much blame, if they lose this series, round one, but Anthony Davis either doesn't play at all or is a shell of himself from this point forward, what do you, Nuno, as the leader of, of the just sort of negativity crew, what do you say about LeBron James the next day? I don't want to hear anyone, whether it's Kendrick Perkins, Jay Will, mention how LeBron is greater than Michael Jordan. That conversation is completely dead. Oh, wow. So that's what Nuno is putting, not just a little, he's putting absolutely everything on the outcome of this series, which means that not only could the Super Bowl be decided today, but the legacy of one of the greatest (laughs) players in the history of American or international sports could be decided tonight. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Meanwhile... Baseball, I told you we got takes from everywhere. I have seen it. I have seen the best show in the sport. I have seen the best pitcher I've ever seen. I'm 53 years old. I am the senior member of this team, of the hashtag crew, if you will, because the show is called Hashtag Greeny. But we have hashtag Nuno, hashtag Bubba, hashtag Hembo, and sometimes hashtag Devin, which is to say he's always Devin. He doesn't always have the hashtag. But of all of us, I'm the oldest. I've seen the most. And I'm telling you right now, Jacob deGrom is the best pitcher I've ever seen. And I'm not convinced that he isn't the best pitcher of all time. Now, the sport is different than it has ever been. But what Jacob deGrom is doing right now is something the likes of which I've never seen. And I will yield a moment here to my friend Hembo, who understands and follows the analytics and the numbers and the history of this more closely than literally anyone I've ever met. But even I can tell you, that we have now entered the month of June, and Jacob deGrom has allowed four runs and has scored four runs this season. He has scored as many runs as a pitcher as he has allowed, and that is the kind of thing that usually happens in Little League, not in the Major Leagues. That's exactly right, and that's why his injury a couple weeks ago was so devastating because I have maintained the position on this show that if this guy can start 30 games this year, which he's on pace to do again, it will be one of the all-time great seasons in the history of pitching. We've never seen anyone with the stuff that he has. Greeny, his fastball averaged, averaged 100 miles per hour yesterday. It is the only instance in recorded history in which a pitcher did that in a single game. And so it did his, what were you telling me this morning? His first eight pitches were all 100 miles an hour? 101 plus. And then he averaged it for the whole game. For the uh, whole game. It, it's, it is, how, how do we put it into perspective? I mean, how, how, because baseball is a complicated one because it has the longest history and it has the most numbers. And so all numbers aren't created equal. We understand that the sport has gone through a lot of different phases. We had the dead ball era. We had the steroid era. We're now in whatever era this is, which is to say it's the three true outcomes Mm -hmm. slash, you know, they changed the ball this year so it doesn't fly as far era, which might last a total of one season. So how will we compare what Jacob deGrom does this season with the greatest seasons, let's just call it a one-year thing, 
with the greatest seasons in the history of the sport. I think we, we will remember Jacob deGrom in 2021 very similarly to how we remember Bob Gibson in 1968 because all these rule changes that are going to come down the pike are going to be accredited to him, right, wrong, or indifferent. He's going to be the best pitcher in baseball this season. The changes that are going to come are going to be remembered as him being the reason why. So that is where we start the show today, and it is a pretty good place to start it. We have the Super Bowl potentially being decided this week. We have the fate of one of the greatest players in the history of sports being decided potentially this week. And we may be seeing the greatest season Mm. in the 170-something year history of Major League Baseball. That's a pretty good place to start on this day after Memorial Day. Again, Greeny with you. I told you Chris Weber's going to join us late in the show. It was a late ad. We're excited. He'll be on the Goodyear hotline helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Meanwhile, as we continue next, I will share with you the obvious truth that was displayed for me over the three-day weekend that broke my heart as a sports fan. I will tell you what that was next. We're just getting started. This is Greeny. On ESPN Radio. KJC. With LeBron James, the whole game changes. When he steps onto the floor inside that locker room, for whatever it is, the energy that he brings to the table in heightens the performance of others around him. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin tomorrow morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny rolling along here on ESPN Radio and streaming with you on ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. I mentioned Chris Weber will join us live In our second hour on the Goodyear Hotline, coming up, the obvious truth from the sports weekend that broke my heart. But first, this moment for some straight talk. Sure, saving money feels good, but cutting your wireless bill in half, that feels really good. Like walk-off home run in the ninth inning good. There's straight talk. You can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys, plus no contract. All on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Straight talk wireless, no contract. No compromise. The scoop. And let me give you a very quick scoop. Aaron Rodgers, he's in Green Bay till Labor Day. We can stop thinking about that one. He's not getting traded anytime particularly soon. It was Mike Tannenbaum who said it to me, and I think he's right. This is the note that Tannenbaum sent me. Worst thing you could do is trade him now. If he does well with a new team and Jordan Love flops or whoever they trade for flops, it'll be ugly. What benefit do they have trading him now? 
If Aaron Rodgers gets dealt on in June or in July or in November or in February, the draft picks next year stay the draft picks next year. It doesn't make any difference. Now, when we brought this up on the TV show this morning, Teddy Bruschi about lost his mind. And Teddy's a very intense person. He's very good uh, on television. He's very good at a lot of things, but he's a very good TV analyst. And what he basically said was, if I'm a player on that team, I'm telling you right now, I want him back. But if he's not coming back, cut the cord. Move on. Get this thing over with. Don't let this thing hang over us. But that's not what these guys are going to do. They're not going to move Aaron Rodgers because they're worried about the feelings of the other guys in the locker room. They weren't concerned about Aaron Rodgers' feeling in the first place, and he's the best player they have. So they're not going to worry about whether Devontae's upset about it or Aaron Jones is upset about it or anybody else is upset about it. Those receivers who skipped the voluntary stuff last week, I don't expect them to skip the mandatory stuff next week. Next week, a week from... Today, actually, it's June 8th. It's, it's next Tuesday is when they have their mandatory off-season work. Aaron Rodgers not showing up to that. Mike Tannenbaum was saying, well, they'll take it seriously once he doesn't show up to that. They better be taking it seriously now. Aaron Rodgers is taking pictures and tweeting them and, and, and sending them out there or allowing that to happen for the first time ever. Again, Aaron Rodgers has been famous for 20 years. He has been attached to other famous people romantically before this. Danica Patrick, Olivia Munn. I've never seen a picture of him in a bathing suit until last week. I've never seen a picture of him on vacation until last week. That was not a coincidence. That was him sending a message. And the message was, I'm just fine here without you. He's letting the Packer organization know, you do your stuff. I'm good here. Because if everything else goes sideways, I have this. I have these beautiful, glamorous movie stars I'm hanging out with in Hawaii. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to be satisfied just walking away from the sport. But he's a long way from having to do that. One way or another, do not expect Aaron Rodgers to be traded between now and Labor Day. That's what Tannenbaum told me. And to be honest with you, I think he's right. All right, Greeny with you. Meanwhile, Greeny's Takes. Here's the take, the obvious truth that broke my sports heart this weekend, and that is this. You know, the New York Knicks have been my team since I'm a little kid. People associate me with the Jets much more than they do with the Knicks because I talk about that on the air a lot, and that is basically because from the time Mike and Mike first came on the air, the Knicks were basically never worth talking about. They have just been so miserably bad for so long that there was not a whole lot to discuss. But I am excited about their return to the playoffs here and whatever it is the future may hold. And that is why it sort of broke my heart to make this observation first Friday night and then definitively Sunday. And that is the obvious truth is the Atlanta Hawks just have far too much talent for the Knicks. And what that is is a testament to the value of coaching and playing hard in the regular season. Which is to say, not every team plays hard in every game during the regular season. It's just the fact. Between the tanking and the resting and the everything else, you're just not getting everybody's best effort every single night. And when you have a coach like Tom Thibodeau, your team is going to play hard every night. You're going to play defense every night. Your stars are going to play pretty much every game. 
And as a consequence, the Knicks had a really good regular season record. They had a really good season. This is not to denigrate that at all. But what has become evident as you watch this series, these four games they've played against the Hawks, a team that had the same regular season record, is the Hawks are much better. I mean, just much better. The Knicks have nowhere to go for a basket. People criticizing Julius Randle. Look, Julius Randle is being double and tripled every time he touches the ball. Yes, he can only go left. Yes, he's limited. Yes, he's not an all-time great. He's not a superstar. He's not one of the absolute elite players in the league, but he's still a good player. He has no one to throw it to. They throw it, they swing it around, and they wind up with a wide-open shot by like Reggie Bullock. That guy can't make a shot under any circumstances. He's at the, the Knicks are genuinely so overmatched in this series as to basically have no chance. It's a miracle they are where they are. As I watch these games, I can't believe they won one. Because Trey, it's not just Trey Young. They have so many places to go for baskets. Atlanta, everywhere you look, you leave any of these guys open, they're going to make these shots. Collins and Herter and Bogdanovich. It's not just Trey Young. Trey Young has emerged as a legitimate star in this series. This series has been about that more than anything else. The historical significance of this series will be this was the birth of a new NBA star, and that star's name is Trey Young, and he's a terrific player. Terrific. And he's the kind of guy that if you're rooting against this team, he gets under your skin like crazy. So I have to step back from that part of it to sit here and, and, and honestly assess the situation, which is to say he's phenomenal. Just phenomenal. And he's making all of that go. But he's got a lot of other places to go. They're usually, their best five, they've got four guys who, they have three guys who can shoot and spread the floor. Their fourth guy is Trey Young, who can get anywhere he wants on the floor and can shoot from anywhere. And then Clint Capella, who will block your shots on one end and dive to the rim every now and again if you need him to on the other. That's what the Hawks have. The Knicks have nowhere to go for a basket, none. So I'd love to see them extend this series tomorrow night. And maybe they will. Maybe they'll show you some heart. But what has been shown to me, and again, this is what I meant when I said it kind of breaks my heart, is they're just overmatched in this series. And they are a testament to playing hard every night in the regular season. That's why they have the record they have. That's why they had home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. And I mean that in a positive way, not a negative one. I give credit to their staff. I give credit to Tom Thibodeau. I give credit to Julius Randle. They've had a really good year. But they need guys. They need players if they're going to take a step forward from here. Let me get a quick take on that from Nuno, who, again, is a passionate Nick fan, and I admire your emotion and passion for the team. Do, do you disagree, Nuno, with anything I just said? No, I've actually, the last day or so, I've had to change my focus from being so angry at the what happened in Game 3 and Game 4 to being like, they've had a great season, and there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, but some of the pieces are there. That's correct. I think that's exactly the right way to look at it. And when you've been conditioned now for a generation and a half to expect nothing, then <laughs> then this is a positive place to be. They do have a foundation. They have some players to build around. But the reality is what they don't have is what it takes to win, which is to say whoever it is, at whatever point the New York Knicks are going to win their next NBA championship, I have no idea when that is going to be. But whoever the best player on that team is going to be is not on their roster right now. You don't win a championship with Julius Randle as your best player. You don't. Maybe he can be your second best player. He would be a terrific choice to be your third best player. Mm -hmm. But you need your first best player. 
So when you look at the teams that might win the championship this year, you look at the ones who have that player. And it's not that hard to find. Just, I mean, look at them up and down. Let's look in the Eastern Conference. Milwaukee has that player. The Nets have three of them. Um, Philadelphia has that player. If he's healthy and Joel Embiid, and that's a big if, and that's it. It ends there. The Hawks are not winning the championship. Trey Young might eventually become that player. They're not winning the championship. That's it. Look on the other side of the draw. Could the Clippers wind up winning it? Yeah, they could. They have that player. Obviously, Kawhi has shown that. LeBron and AD, it goes without saying. Who else could you see doing that on the other side of the draw? Utah. Well, does Utah have that guy? Is, is Donovan Mitchell that guy? He could be. I mean, he's definitely better than anyone the Knicks have. But that's, that's a big prove-it thing for them. I mean, between him and Gobert, I'm not sure that they do have that guy. But he's, the, he's, as, close, he's as close as you could come without having That's that the guy. guy you want, isn't it, Nuno? You want, you want Donovan Mitchell. I don't know how that happens, but you want Donovan Mitchell as that guy for the Knicks, don't you? Yeah, I need the Grizzlies to like, you know, actually win some games here. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but yes, Mitchell is that type of guy. Because there isn't a lot of these guys that are, that are in that age group that – possibly will be traded because I don't want you know what I don't want to see the Pelicans next year uh, try uh, you know burn again and not make the playoffs and then it'd be like oh are we gonna get you know Zion like no go get me Donovan Mitchell this year make me happy now no, you know we talk about quickly about Trey Young so we'll, we'll do two topics here at once with the Knicks that's the situation again they're home tomorrow night maybe they win they force a game six it is what it is my take for today is they're just overmatched as you watch these games, the inescapable conclusion you reach is the Hawks are just a much better team. Having said that, Trey Young is the next take here. This is the birth of a star player in the NBA. He's got, to use uh, an expression, he's got onions, that's for sure. And, and he's got major onions. He's got grilled onions, whatever. <laughs> however it is, however you like your onions, he's got them. And, he's, and, 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 and I admire it. I do. I mean, he's easy to root against if you're rooting against that team, but he is a special player. But you asked me, Hembo, a good mm. question this morning as we were prepping the show in the office. Would you rather bet on the future of Trey Young or bet on the future of Ja Morant? That is a great question. If you could start a team, what you're asking me is if you could start a team right now with mm-hmm. Trey Young or John Morant, which would you take? John, is John Morant 20? Do I have that right? Uh, he's 21 and Trey Young is 22. Boy, oh boy. That is close. Uh, John Morant, does it sound ridiculous to say he might be a little more built to last? Like if you just look at his build, I mean, Trey Young, he's so small, but but as you watch him play, and I had a bunch of family up the, you know, this weekend so I was watching the game with a bunch of people, and the consensus generally is in the form of a question. Like, are we seeing the next Steph? Mm-hmm. Like, could this become Steph? Now, he's not as big as Steph. He, he makes Steph look big. I don't care what these – what is Trey Young listed at? 6'1", 180. 180. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looks smaller than Steph, and Steph looks small. And Trey Young looks smaller. What is John Morant listed at? Um, stand by. Yeah, because he, he feels bigger to me. Like My when, question, though, is with the NBA, with what they allow now in terms of freedom of movement, does that even matter? Like, Steph wouldn't have been Steph 10, 15, 20 years ago, right? So who's to say that Trey Young can't be that without bulking up? John jo Morant's listed at 6'3", 175. Yeah, 175. Mm-hmm. He's listed lighter than Trey Young? He is. But again, who knows? Yeah, and he's going to be bigger. Um, I think... If you told me I could have one or the... Look, they're both, I think, going to be terrific players. If you told me I could have one or the other right now, I think I would take John Moran. Mm. How about you? I think I would take Trey Young. 
How about you, Nuno? Break a tie. I hate to agree with Hembo, and especially since Trey Young is annoying the heck out of me, <laughs> I would have to go Trey Young. There's, I don't want to say Ja reminds me of Russell Westbrook, but I just get that slight feeling, right? Like he's going to put up great numbers, he'll have his team in it, but they'll never get over the hump. It could be. We'll see. It's an interesting little. It's, it's, I'm glad you raised the question because I liked it. And Trey Young could be a legitimately great shooter. I'm not sure John Morant could be that. And in today's NBA, that matters so much. All right, that's fair. Uh, greeting with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer gives you multiple quote options so you can pick what's right for you. See for yourself at progressive.com. Next. Just going to sit back and have a little story time. Tell me a story. Gather around, one and all. I'm going to tell you a story. So. One of the many things that Nuno puts in the Google Doc, the now legendary Greeny Google Doc, is every once in a while he'll put in on this date in history. And there are four fascinating events that have taken place on this day, June 1st, in sports history. In 1925, June 1st of 1925, Lou Gehrig, Lou Gehrig pinch hit and thus started his streak of 2,130 consecutive games played. So on this day in 1925, the Iron Horse began his streak. That's the first. The next, we jump all the way to 1994. June 1st, 1994, Reggie Miller made his infamous choke gesture in game five against the Knicks, going head-to-head more with Spike Lee than John Starks in that moment, in a series that parenthetically the Knicks came back to win in seven games, but that's neither here nor there. 1997, June 1st, Michael Jordan hit a buzzer beater in game one over the Jazz. As my father will tell you, he pushed Brian Russell to the ground (laughs) and then knocked down a shot that won game one of the NBA Finals as they ultimately, they, the Bulls, would be winning their fifth of six championships. And then in 2012, June 1st of 2012, Johan Santana threw the first ever no-hitter in New York Mets history. Now, I remember where I was for three of the four of those. Obviously, I wasn't anywhere when Lou Gehrig pinch hit in 1925. (laughs) I remember where I was when Santana threw the no-hitter. I remember where I was watching when Reggie Miller made the choke gesture. But I really remember June 1st, 1997. And that is where I'm going to tell you my story. That night, I did not watch that game. I did not watch game one of the NBA Finals that night because... We had long since previously scheduled. That night, my wife Stacy and I, and her mother and her father, and my mother and my father had dinner together in Chicago, and it was the night our parents met. And it makes me ask the question, is there any married person who doesn't remember that day and doesn't consider that to have been the most complicated day of all time. Is there a more complicated night or day or whatever it is, in our case it was a dinner, a more complicated little moment? And everyone got along great. I don't mean to suggest there were ever any problems. Neither of our dads are with us anymore. But, I mean, everyone got along. There were no problems. But still, it's just that we were already engaged. Now, in some cases, maybe you meet, we were engaged. We lived in separate cities. So my parents had never met because they didn't live anywhere near each other. My parents lived in New York, and my in-laws lived in Chicago. So they had never met each other. So we're engaged. Our wedding was three months away, and here we are, oh, say hello, say hello, and now there we go. And that is, and we sat and had dinner 
And the, what I remember is the, there's a restaurant that was empty, empty in Chicago because everyone is watching game one of the NBA finals. <laughs> <laughs> like, I keep looking up at the waiter. This was like before Twitter and stuff like that. I look up at the waiter. I'm like, do we have an update on what's going on in the game? And my dad is a crazy sports fan, so he wants to know what's going on in the game. My father-in-law was not a crazy sports fan. He's not as interested, in, even though he's from Chicago and what's going on in the game, but he was a little interested. And I'm trying. I'm thinking, well, that makes decent conversation here. And we're all, again, everyone got <laughs> along great. I don't mean to suggest they didn't. But does anyone not remember that day? You're a married man, Hembo. Do you remember the day your parents met your in-laws? I remember very well, and you were involved. What the hell does that mean? It means you were involved. It was the NFL draft in 2017 was held in Philadelphia. It's my hometown. So that day, Lizzie's parents came from New Jersey. My parents came and or stayed and, and, at Chickie's and Pete's, which is where we were doing a Mike and Mike in Philadelphia. They came to a Mike and Mike they show? They came to a Mike and Mike show and met at 6 o'clock in the morning at Chickie's and Pete's in April of 2017. Are, are your, were you engaged yet at the time? No, we were not. You were just a couple. We were just a couple. And they were just crushing uh, crab fries, <laughs> as one does at Chickie's at and Pete's. At 6 o'clock in the morning. And getting to know each other that way, yes. Okay, fair enough. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. I, just, I thought that would be an interesting story to share. It's a day that I'm sure all married people remember. If you're fortunate enough, you know, obviously not everyone is fortunate enough to have their parents still in their lives at that point. In my case, I was. In Stacey's case, she was as well. And there we were, all of us, in a, in a deserted, I mean deserted. You know, you know what it's like in a town when the team is playing in the finals at that point, especially because uh, who would make plans for that night because the balls, but we had no choice. Like, you know, we're traveling, all those kind of stuff. And we're, I mean, you know, whatever it was. So there was no canceling the dinner is my point. There was no, well, you know, game one got scheduled for tonight, so we're not going to have this dinner. We're having the dinner. And so that was the night. That was the, the, were you not the, still covering the team at the time? Or did no, you, I was already working at ESPN. You were already at ESPN. I, I came to ESPN. My, I started at the very end of August, the last week of August of 1996. Got this it. happened in 97. Yep. Okay. So the last Bulls title I covered was the fourth one, the 72-10 and 10 team was the first year of Rodman. That's the last okay. one I covered. They won that championship in June. The last event I ever covered in Chicago was the celebration of that. They didn't have parades, really. The Bulls, mm. rather than parades, they had these big celebration rallies in Grant Park. So, yeah, the buses would go through town somewhere. I, I forget exactly. I guess there must have been something. It wasn't really a parade. I don't remember what they did anymore, but I remember being like in a booth like doing a live broadcast from Grant Park mm. where they would do, and wow. they would get up, they would each speak and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was an annual occurrence. <laughs> <laughs> this, you know, this happened six times in eight years. I covered four of them. Um, and, and so that was that. But so anyway, that was, on this date in sports history, Michael Jordan had a buzzer beater to win game one over the Utah Jazz, and I, for only the best of reasons, was not watching at the time. Coming up, we can identify the bravest athlete in the world, I will tell you exactly who that is next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
Greeny, the podcast. I tell you what, Bubba likes playing the Taylor Swift. That is occurring to me. Bubba, I, I, I feel like you started that once at one point because I mentioned that I liked her, but now I feel like it's gone on. I'm getting the sense, Bubba, are you a Taylor Swift fan? Is that why we're hearing so much? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go that far at all. I exclusively play it because of you liking it. You know, I don't believe that's true. And I, I, I believe that's true. I, I will further say that you don't have to be in any way shamed. There's nothing wrong with liking Taylor Swift. She happens to be brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for her. I just don't enjoy her music. I've always had the theory that Bubba plays our in songs based upon his mood, like how he's feeling. And I guess that's not the case either, Bubba. Well, this song is called We Are Never, Ever, Ever Getting Back Together. I mean, do you know what's going on in Bubba's life personally? No. So, Bubba, have you mm. recently gone through a breakup and you're <laughs> feeling angry about it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I have not. Okay. I'm feeling just pleasant. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. my theory. There we go. So all the theories just went out the window. I told you we're going to identify the bravest athlete in the world, and that athlete's name is Kevin Pillar. How that guy is going to go out there, I, I talked about this when it happened, and I don't know how to describe it. Like radio is a medium where you're supposed to paint a word picture. So imagine... Just imagine, this, these are the only words you need. Imagine getting hit in the face with a major league fastball and breaking everything. What did he break? His nose, he had like nasal fractures. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen the pictures of what his face looked like when he first came back again, it set off a discussion on this program about how, about the dangers of headhunting and how if that should ever happen on purpose, again, that was not this, this was not that case, but if a guy's face ever looked like that on purpose, then it would, it would be the end of that part of the sport as we know it. Either way, I can't even fathom the courage that it has to take for that guy who was being activated today, that is the reason that I'm saying this, um, to say, oh yeah, at the minute I'm able to, the, as soon as my stint on the injured list is up and as soon as the doctors tell me I can, I'm getting right back in that box. And I guess you have to. And I guess that mentality is part of what it takes to make it to the major leagues and part of the reason that I couldn't. And yes, I'm aware Giancarlo Stanton got hit in the face with a pitch and many others have as well. I just cannot fathom Hembo standing in, having been hit in the face with a 90-plus mile-an-hour pitch, standing in against the guy who's throwing it. I just can't picture Two weeks it. later. Two weeks later. He pinch hit last night. They activated him. He, he oh, sorry. Hit. It was no, yesterday. He pinch hit last night. You know what the pitcher did? Three fastballs inside. And you know what he did? He turned around around for a base hit. That's what pitchers are going to do, and that's what pitchers should do. But not only does it take courage to, to sit in there and stand in the box, he took an inside fastball and drove it to left field because that's what, when you're a hitter, like that's just what you have to do. It has to be thrown out the window. And if you love the game that much, that's just sort of baked into the cake. I didn't see the game. Yeah. I didn't realize he played he last night. Late. Even better. All right, well, either way, the point remains. The bravery, the courage of that, I just cannot fathom. So I give him my ultimate respect, and I'm rooting for him. Meanwhile, I'm sorry, what? 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 I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I think this happened while we were uh, on a little bit of a break there. We were away for the three days. Uh, Jay Cutler, former Bears quarterback, was on Waddle and Sylvie, which is the afternoon show on ESPN 1000, our ESPN radio station in Chicago, talking about what the Bears should do, how they should handle getting their rookie quarterback, Justin Fields onto the field, and here's what he said. I wouldn't play the kid to start. Like, okay. That's what I would. That that that's where I would start. I would let him watch, and you know, I, I think it's just a tough spot to, to put 
you know, someone out there, especially in Chicago. And, you know, I think Andy is, is more than serviceable. I think they can win games with Andy and, and kind of float the ship along until he's re- the kid's ready. Okay, so this gives me the opportunity to make this point. And that is that many of us, many people, I feel like, in the national sports media have the Bears all wrong, which is to say because their quarterback play was so bad and they actually had the worst team QBR of any team that didn't have a losing record last year, we forget they didn't have a losing record last year. We talk about the Bears like they're the Jaguars or the Jets. The Jaguars and the Jets had the first and second picks in the draft, respectively, because they won a combined three games last year. The Bears had to trade up to get to number 11 because they won eight. They're not a terrible football team. They are, in fact, a team that if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play this year, should be thinking about winning that division. If Aaron Rodgers is not a Green Bay Packer, the Bears should absolutely be anticipating winning the division this season. They were not two and sixteen or two and fourteen, excuse me, last year. I'm struggling with the math because it's going to be seventeen games this year, and I'm never going to get used to that. <laughs> but the point of it is, they went eight and eight last year with terrible quarterback play, just abysmal quarterback play. So if they get average quarterback play, should they win nine or ten games? That's really the question. Because we have long considered Andy Dalton to be the line, right? He's he's literally the definition of average quarterback. And most teams aren't dying for an average quarterback, and most fan bases aren't sitting around going, oh, I hope we get an average quarterback. But in Chicago last year, you had a kill for an average quarterback. And if Andy Dalton can be that, then this team could be a playoff team this year, should be a playoff team this year. And that then makes it more interesting if with regards to when you wind up playing the rookie. See, to me, that becomes an interesting piece of this puzzle. Because if you're the Jets, if you're the Jaguars, you want to win games, of course. But you have nothing better to accomplish this season than developing your young quarterbacks. The most important thing you're doing in Jacksonville is turning Trevor Lawrence into a great player. The most important thing you're doing with the Jets is turning Zach Wilson into a great player because if they become those, then your team is going to be good for 15 years. That's your first priority. The Bears have all this other stuff going on. They have, maybe we're going to win our division. Certainly, we think we're making the playoffs. Oh, by the way, if things get sideways on us here, the coach and general manager are probably going to get fired. So there's so many other dynamics in the mix. I'm not exactly sure how that plays out. But one way or another, I thought it seemed worth saying when you talk about, let's sit Justin Fields and everyone saying, oh, that's crazy, that's crazy. It's not crazy. It's not crazy because if Andy Dalton is an average NFL quarterback, that should be a playoff team this year. We'll see what they do. Chris Weber talking hoops in our next hour, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.